Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. Hello and welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates. Today I'm sitting down with Donald Ross. Donald, how are you doing today? I'm good, brother. How are you doing? Oh man, fantastic. So uh, why don't you take a second to introduce yourself to the people that don't know you and tell them a little bit about what you're doing in real estate investing. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I uh, live out in Southern California um, on the border of Northern Orange County, LA County area. Um, out here living in I guess the sunny SoCal, but uh, the Wisconsin market is where I grew up. So I have a partner out there and, and we own a, a brokerage and real estate firm out there. Uh, so the investing is all done out there. And then uh, some of uh, everyone will know probably the CRM that we do with uh, Beast Mode and RE Automation. So that's, you know, that's kind of the things that we're doing right now. Um, been doing it for about four and a half years. So that's kind of what we're doing right now, though. Cool, man. So I, I definitely want to talk about Beast Mode. Um, I am a Beast Mode client, and uh, I love the product that you you put out there to the masses. But let's start off with the real estate investing side of things. You said you've been doing that for about four years. So let's go back to the beginning. How did you get your start in real estate investing? Sure. Um, like most, um, I think I was uh, between Carlton Sheets and uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, uh, late '90s, early 2000s. I Heard about it, um, unfortunately didn't take a ton of action, but uh, finally figured out that uh, about 2013, um, decided to take some action, uh, and then 14 started to work a little bit. Um, I wound up doing a remote uh, lease option, so I was in California, uh, and then did a lease option out in Wisconsin, southeastern market. I uh, started doing that, uh, and the market started getting a little hotter, and I found that um, wholesaling for me was just uh, a little bit easier method or, or for me to do remote. It was easier in my opinion. So that's what I started kind of pushing more towards is the wholesaling uh, methods. And when I did that, um, I actually found my partner on one of the online forums that some of us are on uh, on Facebook, and her and I did probably five or six deals together together. Um, throughout a year. And then, you know, once we started doing the deals together, it made sense. We had a, a good balance. Um, I was, I was, I guess, the integrator and techie um, for our company. And she was good with big picture and very good at sales. And so she could go on uh, the appointments and everything. So that's kind of how it is now. We're 50-50 partners in the investment and uh, real estate firm, brokerage firm. Uh, she's broker, real estate attorney. Uh, so between that and my background of a decade in government contracts from my military days, uh, it's a pretty good duel. Um, we work well together. It's you know one's got some strengths that the other one doesn't have, and that give and take is a, a great relationship for us. Um, and so now we're you know wholesale hotel. I would say is our main uh, methods that we do. We're not big time flippers, not not in the rental market yet. Waiting for the market correction at some point to scoop those up but uh, that's what we're doing right now cool man so I, i'm super excited because i always interview people and you know nowadays with traction being out and everybody talking about the visionary and the integrator 
I always get visionaries on the show, and you're literally the first person I've ever had call themselves an integrator. So um, I, that that's exciting to me, but it, it's kind of different. Is it just because of Beast Mode and REI Automation Squad that I feel like you're the face of the company, or is she actually the face of the company for the real estate investment investment side of things? Yeah, so I would say, you know, REI Automation, that's my baby. Um and that, that techiness um, is my background. My dad was engineering, very uh, engineering mindset. Um, I did construction, did blueprints, did all that stuff for a while, and he built hot rods. So working with your hands and understanding how things work and uh, designing things worked uh, in my favor. Grew up around it, um, and then it worked in my favor to, to build out beast mode and REI automation. But on the uh, real estate side of things, um, she's definitely the visionary, the the one that's coming up with the ideas and things that we should uh, think about doing in the next, you know, 30, 90 and up to a year. Um, we just had our level 10 meeting actually this morning, uh, about an hour and a half ago, and we are using Trello um, to put up on a board of basically some items that we want to do in the next 30 days. And then we have a little area where, hey, these are 90 day items and then a year out. And it just makes it to where we can kind of throw ideas against the board and we don't have to try to do six things at once. We can grab two or three and, and try to do those over a 90 day period. Um, so for now, you know, I fill in the, the visionary on REI automation. Um, her and I kind of kick some ideas back and forth, but I am truly uh, better fit as an integrator. So I definitely like playing the techie side and making things happen and, and finding the softwares and the different integrations that work with stuff. Um, that's where I, I best suit myself. So you'll appreciate this because obviously you have beast mode, the CRM, and you're utilizing Trello, which Trello is a free project management app website. And we utilize Trello for probably the first I don't know, 50 to $60 million worth of real estate that we bought and sold and wholesaled. Like we only use Trello as our CRM. <laughs> and I know you use it now for like, you know, these goals and these project management, but can you imagine the amount of properties that we had on Trello? If I only got to the point where Trello was so backlogged with the amount of properties we had in there it just lagged for so long that's why we had to get rid of it and we moved on to to better systems like yours uh but man that that's funny um so let's talk about on your real estate investment company you know you're the integrator so that means you're going to be in charge of all the systems and processes that you do let's talk about those and and what is your company like what does your team look like and what are some of the processes that you've kind of you know, implemented in that side of things? Yeah. Um, so team-wise, uh, we're built out uh, mostly virtual uh, up until the sales point. So we've got two um, full-time leads managers, and they're uh, Philippines. They're in the Philippines, uh, and they kind of work a split shift. So we have coverage from typically 8 a.m. to roughly 7 o'clock at night, and then uh, Saturdays as well. So they split that up between them. Uh, we've got them on a split shift, and they're answering the calls, returning the calls as the marketing's coming in, setting the appointments uh, for acquisition, which right now is our realtor and my partner. Uh, we're looking at bringing on a couple more right now, but in the process of that. Um, so we've got acquisition, we've got my partner and a realtor that's filling in that. Um, and then so that'll be 
for both wholesale, hotel, and then sometimes we'll pull on some listings depending on price points. Um, and then we've got uh, Jason, which is our dispositions guy for our wholesale deals. He's pulling uh, our contracts and pushing them out uh, to the different uh, platforms that we use. We can talk more about that. Uh, and then me as kind of the marketing and integrator systems and processes um, doing those different things right now. So we've got basically a team of, I guess, five, six people right now. Um, and then as far as, you know, processes, um, I'm just, software is my big thing. So I am all about the, the software and uh, using tech to your advantage. Um, but as of recent, um, I think writing down things, I've got a whiteboard in my office, doing daily routines, things like that. That's been big for me as much as I love software. Um, sometimes writing stuff down actually works a little bit better just to keep it and put it in your mind and think about it. Yep. It's funny you say that because I recently took a trip to Alaska. We just expanded there, newer market. I wanted to go experience it, drive around the neighborhoods, get a good feel for what what we're we're expanding into. And before I left, I did the same thing. I mean, I use Beast Mode and I I have everything virtual. Um, but I wrote like five it was funny i started off with like one page and i was like this is going to be the piece of paper that i keep with me just to remind me of all my important tasks and things that i need to keep in, in front of me and uh it ended up being five pages long um, of just things that i wanted to keep in front of me and it was so successful i mean so i'm right there with you as much as i i don't do that on a regular basis but now i am because you know just that one experience of having it there readily available not having to jump on an app or on my phone or, or you know, jump on Wi-Fi somewhere. It was just there and available, and it was fresh on my mind because I actually wrote it down. It's it's like a whole other way of learning things. Um, one of the things I want to ask you about is your lead managers. So the calls are coming in, I'm assuming, from, like, direct mail or some other form of marketing, and you said they're setting the appointments. What kind of questions are they asking the the leads to verify that it's an actual motivated seller who wants to sell their house? Okay, so for us, the leads managers, um, depending on the marketing that we're using, it's either going to a live answer um, and they're able to live answer it as it comes in or it's going to a voicemail and then they return it usually within five to 10 minutes of that call coming in. Um, and then as far as questions that they're, they're asking, it's truly based off of the training uh, that John Martinez provides. Uh, big believer in his training and, and his mythology is of uh, you know, asking and getting to the pain and, and asking certain questions to get there. And so what does that look like for them um, when they're answering the phone? They're setting expectations up front. So they're asking you know, um, if, if they have five to 10 minutes for the call. So they're letting them know what that time frame looks like for the call. And then they're getting some of the just basic details of, you know, what is it that you're looking to do? Uh, what is the ultimate goal? Um, how soon are you looking to do it? And then they may get into some of the condition of the property. Uh, ultimately, honestly, you know, if they have a house for sale and they have a pain point, that's all I really care about. I, I don't care about the condition. Um, when the salesperson gets out there and gets onto the appointment for us, that's really their job to look at the condition and, and see if it makes sense. But if they have a pain point and it sounds like they're on a certain list that we know they have equity, we're going on the appointment. Gotcha. So the main thing there is, is find the pain point. If there is a pain point, that's when the appointment gets set. Right. Gotcha. Right. 
All right, so let's you you brought up your dispositions guy. You said there's multiple forums or platforms that you're trying to you know sell these wholesale properties. Explain what you meant by that. So when we get something under contract, uh, dispositions guy is going to have uh, basically our our list, and he's got it segregated out into uh, landlords, flippers, um, and then certain criteria that they're looking for that he's able to break up the list in. Um, it's, it's a CSV file that we've uploaded to a program called, uh, Mozio, which is basically a texting platform that he's able to send those segregated lists, a text blast from a dedicated, uh, phone number, local phone number. And then if they respond back, he's able to see the responses in that platform and respond back and forth, keeps it nice and clean all in one area. And it's fairly cheap. Um, so, you know, I think we pay maybe one cent or less per tax. It's, it's really cheap. Uh, depends on how much you buy in bulk, but that's somewhere around what we pay. Um, and then GMAS is an, an add-on that we use that he'll blast our email uh, out to the list that we have. Um, and so that's sending off a email through the uh, pad home buyer email address that he's got, and it sends it one at a time. So the delivery rate uh, is much better than some of the other platforms that get marked with spam or junk a lot of times as it's coming in. Uh, and that also allows us to see open rate, click rate, and things like that. Uh, and then lastly, you know, some of the platforms that he uses are going to be things like Bigger Pockets, some of the Facebook uh, groups that are out there. Um, he's making phone calls, he's posting the Craigslist. Um, but some of these, you know, one of the things to take into consideration when he's putting it out there, um, he's not always posting the address. Uh, we want to make sure that they're either a qualified buyer or confirm that they're not just a tire kicker or even maybe another wholesaler, you know, that are trying to, to daisy chain or sell it to somebody else. We want to talk to him first. So he'll give some of the ARV and repair and possible rents if it's a rental market. Uh, and then a phone number for them to call. And a lot of the platforms that we post on, we use different phone numbers. So we know exactly what post they're calling from. And then it's forwarded to him to call, uh, whether he can live answer or call back uh, and qualify them before we're giving out addresses and either getting them out there to, to view it or whatever the case may be. Gotcha. So there's a couple of things that you just mentioned there that I think are really important for people to understand. So you're texting them out you're email blasting them out and you're posting them on different forums like bigger pockets and then also the Facebook groups as well as Craigslist. The reason why this is important is, is I'm just going to use myself as an example. I will buy a property via email or Facebook group all day long. I feel like there's more information there, but I get texts all the time and, and I don't know why it could be the exact same property, but for me, it's easier for me to read the text and ignore it than it is an email. And that's just a personal like, like character trait. Like that's that has nothing to do with the form of marketing, but it could be opposite for another buyer where they don't want the email or they don't check their email often enough or it goes to spam, but text message is going to be open and obviously, you know, everybody realizes that text messages have a higher open rate than any other form of marketing. So it's important to utilize different forms of marketing when you're trying to, you know, market your wholesale properties. Um, I think that's, you know, you're, you're one of the first people that's kind of broken it down that way where it's like, okay, we're going to use all of these different forms of marketing when it comes to wholesaling our properties. And that's very important. Um, let's talk about, you know, so you're wholesaling, 
you kind of also brought up your wholetailing some. So explain to the people, I, I've used that term a couple times on the podcast, but for people that might not understand what wholetailing is, and then also why are you wholetailing some properties? Sure. Um, you know, the last probably I would say 12 to 24 months market for most um, has been pretty hot. Um, and you put something out on the uh, MLS and you're either getting retail buyers or even sometimes cash buyers through the agents um, that'll pay more than some of your local RIA or local cash buyers that you normally would deal with. And so for us, um, when we find properties that are 150000 or or more in value, um, you know, sometimes they just don't have enough work for flippers to make sense and make sense for us to make some money on it still as well. Um, you know, we wholesale something. If we strictly just wholesale it to a, our list, it's usually 15 to 20 grand. Uh, that's kind of the, the norm for us. Um, if we put it on the MLS, I would tell you the bottom end is usually 30 grand top end that we've made, I think was almost 60. Um, so you're, you know, doubling or tripling what you're making by simply putting it on the MLS and, you know, why we're taking stuff down and putting it on the, on the MLS for us, our criteria is 15 grand or less. Can we clean it up, do paint and carpet, maybe one big ticket item, uh, and spend 15 grand or less and put it on the MLS and for us. More often than not, uh, in the last uh, couple months, it's been where you put it up on the MLS in Midwest uh, Wisconsin. Uh, we can get usually a couple offers within the first week and then, you know, close it out, whether it's a retail buyer uh, or a cash offer. Within those 30 days, we can usually close it out, make double or triple what we would have made and really minimal effort put into it. Um, you know, if it's over and above that uh, 15 grand marker, we're probably going to look at uh, wholesaling it out. We're not flippers, don't want to be flippers. So we'd wind up selling to somebody that wanted to do that flip. That was going to be my next question. Before you started wholetailing, were you rehabbing any properties and, and flipping them, or was it just strictly wholesaling? It was strictly wholesaling. My background is um, I did construction, and we did uh, some flip properties and stuff when I did construction. We did new builds that were on the small side, and I say small side, but it was custom homes that were 4,000 square feet largest one we did was 12,000 square feet. So wow. I've been in old Victorian houses where you start tearing into them, especially in Wisconsin where we're at in the market. You know, some of the houses we get are 1940s houses and stuff. You start digging into them, you find all kinds of problems that you didn't plan on. Uh, my partner uh, back in mid-2000s was a flipper. Um, just have no want or will to even do it. I want no part of it. Okay, so my next question is, is you're wholesaling. And then all of a sudden, one day, you're like, hey, we could wholetail this by doing paint and carpet, and we could double our profit. How did you finance that property? Since you weren't a rehabber, you probably didn't have private money lined up. So how were you able to finance these properties? Um, so my partner has been going to, I guess, the local RIAs. We have a very good uh, connection with our um, title companies. So we reached out to the title company, found out who was closing deals and then who was financing some of the deals with others. Um, so we did actually get uh, private money, um, but it was because we were reaching out to the title company that we used and we closed enough of them that we had a good relationship with them where they knew if they gave that point of contact, we were not going to burn that bridge. Um, and so from that, um, most of our hotels that we take down uh, are private money. Uh, and, and they finance it for us. We take it down. We uh, Sometimes we pay for the uh, rehab, if you will, or the fix, the $15,000 fix that we have to do. Other times they'll finance everything for us. Uh, just depends. 
And what that looks like for us is anywhere from low side of 8% uh, to, I would say, 14% depends on price point and what we're doing. But uh, private money is, is mostly how we're doing it. Gotcha. And, and real quick, guys, for everyone that just heard that, like, you have to understand the importance of this was a title company that they were doing regular business with. This is not you just called up a random title company and said, hey, can you give me this information or, you know, hook me up with a private money lender. Um, everything in this business, you know, it's about making the relationship reciprocal. And, and that's how your business eventually grows over time. So you started off by wholesaling these properties. You created a relationship with your title company. You saw an opportunity and then you capitalize on it by tapping into that relationship with the title company that you had established. And that enabled your business to then grow to another level. Another benefit for your title company would be the fact that because you started wholetailing is now they get two closings on that property compared to, I'm assuming, and this is an assumption, majority of the time you were just assigning those contracts. You weren't doing a double close. They were only getting one closing. So the benefit to the title company was when you started wholetailing, they get multiple closings on the same property, correct? Correct. Yeah. So <clears throat> for us, if we're spending uh, assigning uh, for something that's usually under 20, yeah, we'll assign it. Uh, if it's over and above that, then we'll start thinking about double closing. Right. Depends on the, you know, the buyer too. Some of the buyers we've used them multiple times. We can trust them. Uh, we'd assign something if it was 30, 40 grand with them. But if it's a new buyer that we don't know, um, then we'd probably double close anything on over and above that. Right. So it just if you're listening to this and, you know, you think, hey, that's a great way for me to get private money, build that relationship before you tap into that resource and then explain to them how it can also be beneficial for them with the multiple closings. All right. Let's let's move away from the real estate investing thing. You know, we, we've kind of tapped into that a little bit, but I, I want to give Beast Mode its due credit. Um, you know, it's one of the best CRMs out there. Um, it's Podio based. I'll open up the forum to you to, to explain it. Um, I'm by no means a CRM expert, so explain to everybody what beast mode is. Right. So um, like most, when you start turning up uh, the, the mail or any type of marketing, um, you start having an influx of prospects, as we call them, and then eventually leads uh, when they have a house for sale. And, you know, when you first start out, um, there's probably some free platforms out there that'll work for you. But when you're cranking out like us, uh, usually 15,000 mailers uh, a month, and we've got other marketing channels that we're doing as well, um, you can get lost real quick when you have that amount of uh, calls coming in and prospect calling in. Um, and then, you know, once you've lost them, the follow-up uh, is all but lost as well. Uh, for us, you know, there's that ability to bring it in, have it uh, able to be filtered so we can see the data very easily and cleanly by doing some filters. Um, but we, we can talk to them, figure out if it's low-hanging fruit up front. Um, can we get it under contract or make it work up front? And worst case scenario, if it doesn't work right now, uh, can we put them on follow-up? And whether we're calling them every 30 days or doing a ringless voicemail or text message, the platform's set up to do that for you. Um, and it'll set it up so that you have a follow-up drip going uh, on these possibles that down the road might work out. Uh, and for us, you know, the upfront stuff, you'll get a couple of those a month. And then the follow-up, usually you'll grab two or three for us um, as well. So without that follow-up and without that tracking, 
you would never have that. And, you know, you're losing possibly 50, uh, 40%, whatever of your deals that you would have otherwise yeah, not there without the follow-up. And so the platform for us, that's, the, that's been the huge thing, huge thing for us is the follow-up. Um, and, and then just tracking your numbers. So, you know, for us, we have different uh, phone numbers on different marketing channels and we put in what we spend. And then as things kind of go through the process, it'll tell us what our cost per appointment was, uh, how many, uh, leads we had to have to to get a contract and what the ROI was on our, our spend. So you can start seeing if there's certain marketing channels, do you need to turn them off? Are there certain marketing channels that do better than others? And hey, if it's doing great, can you double up on it? Things like that. You know, those numbers are there. Um, and it's just been huge to be able to scale out that and know exactly what's working. And you're not just shotgunning and, and thinking you, you know you what, what's working and, and what's not working. Uh, it gives you the answers at the end of the day to to push on it. Gotcha. All right. So not to completely shift away from beast mode, but you brought up ringless voicemails. And I know this is like a hot topic nowadays with real estate investors. Some people are kind of questioning, you know, how to do it. What's the right way to do it? What's your experience with ringless voicemails and how often are you using them for your business? So we've talked about this uh, in some private groups that we're in for sure. It is definitely a hot topic. What can and cannot be done? What's gray area? What's, you know, what can you do and can't you do? Um, and right now for us, we do the ringless voicemails and we do roughly 10,000 a week. Um, but you got to know what you're doing to make sure you're covered, whether that's getting, you know, something from an attorney saying that you're doing everything by the law or you're, or you're taking the risk. And, and some people are willing to take the risk. Um, but for us, if we're doing a ringless drop, we know it's good. If you're doing what they call uh, broadcasting, that's where most uh, would say that it's illegal. And so at that point, you're blasting somebody with, they say, spam. You know, it's if someone picks up the phone, somebody's there talking. It's a voicemail talking to them. They can press one to be removed or press two to connect or whatever. Um, but if you're doing just a ringless drop where it goes straight to the, to the voicemail, uh, on a cell phone, that's kind of what we're being told right now is the okay point. So we do about 10,000 a week right now using that. Are you utilizing ringless voicemails after you've talked to a lead or are you on, is it more of like a cold call technique? It's a, it's a cold call technique. So it's list either that have phone numbers or lists that are being skip traced to get phone numbers and then the drop. Gotcha. And when you do the, you know, you said 10,000 a week, are you also text blasting the same people on different days in those weeks or are those two different types of campaigns? Um, two different, it'd be two different campaigns, but if we were doing a blast of text, um, the only way that we have, I guess, found that it's legit or legal, um, is to be human intervention. So there's some platforms out there where you can hire, you know, a VA or somebody where they have to click the send button to each individual person that you send to, and then you're okay. If you're blasting 5,000, 10,000 texts all at once, what we're being told right now is it's not not exactly legal. So um, we're staying away from the text blast right now where it's just one big blast. Um, there's some platforms out there that'll let you do it. We just stay away from it. Um, for us, we'll do a, a, a drip sequence where they've opted in or they're a part of our, our platform. And, and for that, we're fine. But we're not just grabbing cold call list or skip tracing list and blasting text to them. Gotcha. 
All right, so back to back to beast mode. Now that we went off on our little ringless voicemail text message campaign tangent there, uh, back to to beast mode. How can people you know find out more about beast mode or even reach out and get a demo from you on what the CRM actually looks like? Yeah, so. If they go over to uh, reiautomationsquad.com, they can either chat with somebody on the chat function, or if they fill out their information on the form, uh, they'll get an email sent right back to them with a demo video pricing and a link to schedule a time to chat. Um, That's going to be the best uh, method and easiest method to get some more information as well as a video on it. Gotcha. All right, so... I always like to wrap up these interviews by finding out people's why. Um, But for you specifically, I want to find out what was your why behind beast mode? Like, why was that important for you? I I know you're, you're a techie and you you like utilizing software and I'm assuming part of it was you created this for your own business, but why did you want to make this open to the masses and create a whole nother business? Yeah. Um, I was going through some things uh, in my life, and uh, some can, I guess, probably relate to it. Uh, divorces can be ugly, um, and we were going through one, and part of that was I dove my head into something that would keep me busy and um, keep my mind distracted. And so I literally went into YouTube and self-taught myself coding and everything else that I could think of, um, wanted to provide a, a better life. At the time, I was a federal government employee. Um, and I was trying to provide a better life for both my five-year-old daughter, um, as well as my older daughter that lives in Wisconsin. Um, and that's, you know, real estate wise, that's why, uh, Wisconsin, I fly back obviously there to see her. She's 11. Um, and so with the beast mode stuff, I, I wanted to go to college for computer science and I screwed around too much, uh, in high school and couldn't get into college for those, uh, computer science classes and that degree. All that being said, now I have an MBA. So at some point, I was smart <laughs> enough to go back and, and do everything. But the, the military paid for the college. Um, and all that being said, you know, I built out the system. I, I loved it. I put out some videos on YouTube and I posted it in some of the, the groups and stuff. And I got a bunch of interest in it. I had really no idea that there was that much interest in somebody doing something like that. And as it grew and people were asking me questions and I built out Facebook groups of supporting some of that stuff and providing free information, um, it just seemed like it was a natural progression uh, to provide it as something that, you know, people seemed to like the tech but didn't understand it. And so I had done, obviously, a lot of research and learned a bunch about it. And it was my way of kind of giving back and showing what I had learned, but at the same time, watching other people grow. Um, I, I've said that to a couple of people where, you know, it's great to have some of those sexy twenty and $50,000 checks on your own, but it's really cool to watch other people to do it. And so if you can be a part of that and help them grow their business and, you know, some of the emails and comments and stuff that we get back with people that say, hey, thanks for this. It's helped me do this or that. And it's helped me scale. You know, that's just cool. And anybody can enjoy that and like that and and appreciate somebody showing, you know, that they care and that what you provided them helped them grow and their family and everything else. Gotcha, man. Well, I will say this, guys. I'm a beast mode client and one of the things that I love the most about it is, is it's a very hands-on experience with Donald. I mean, you've been 
uh, write there any questions that we've had. You know, you are a part of the solutions and, and help with the impl implementation and moving over from whatever CRM you're currently using. And um, the customer service is top notch as well as um, it's, it's by far one of the best um, Podio based CRMs out there. Um, so thank you for introducing it to the real estate investing community. And uh, typically now, I, this is where I ask people, you know, where do you want to be in the next five years? Um, but I'm going to give you a pass on that because you're not the visionary in your company and you've been open and honest about that as an integrator. So what I want to ask you is, is as the integrator, is there anything, I guess, unique or different that you foresee that you're going to be able to implement into beast mode for the client's? Uh, moving forward in the future is there anything that you're working on that's going to be fun and exciting yeah so the um traction stuff that we've talked about i'm a big believer in it um it's something that is near and dear to me i love data i love numbers um, and i also see the way it helps uh business owners grow and the visionary gets to have that big picture quickly see the numbers all that good stuff so we're working on something right now um, that'll allow the members to basically uh, build out that EOS system, that traction system for their businesses. Um, and it'll basically allow them to have their level 10s and their KPIs and all that stuff built out uh, in an easy manner to use uh, and, and have the numbers to where that visionary can see the numbers quickly. They're not having to dive into the how do I do this and that. It's just look at this and it provides the numbers and okay, now we've got our picture. Uh, are we meeting our 30 day goals or 90 day goals and big picture of our one year, five year tech goals? So um, that's really where we're kind of headed down the road. Uh, we've got kind of the automations and the simplicity of having those automations and everything in one spot. Now it's okay, how can we better track numbers and show uh, big picture what's working, what's not working, and, and drive the bus? For everyone that's listening, I just want y'all to know that was full-on improv. That was not discussed before the interview. And after I asked the question, I was like, please, God, let him have an answer to that because I totally put him on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome that you have something there that uh, that I, I think is going to be huge. I mean, for someone like myself, I am a visionary. I'm by no means an integrator. And um, that would be amazing to have, you know, the, those systems and, and the opportunity to really track, you know, those KPIs a little bit more in depth. So that's awesome that you're working on that. Man, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us today. Um, you know, really insightful about your, you know, diving into your real estate investing business. I think you dropped some great gold nuggets there about, you know, your lead managers and your dispositions and how marketing works on those. And, uh, you know, for everyone out there, check out uh, Beast Mode at reiautomationsquad.com. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys, that's today's episode. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, I am going to be obsessed over this for the next couple months. I'm going to make sure you guys are leaving us good reviews. We have some great guests on here that are dropping some great content for you guys. And uh, they're doing all this just to increase your business and make your real estate investing business more successful. So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you all next week. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. Titanium Vault.